0: I'm Andrew Junker with Roman Honeycut. Hi. And this is Why We Do This. <laughs> this is another fantastic episode of Why We Do This. Um, we're really excited about this one because uh, today's guest is Mark Korr, who is, I
1: mean, honestly, we've known, we we've, we've met him a few times through... People we worked with, and we worked with him on uh, one of his like Primus videos, probably his most recent Primus video. But it, it wasn't until we brought him uh, on to do this that I kind of realized how much of an inspiration he is to me personally, um, and I think to all of us collectively at French Press. Um, I mean, we all grew up on music videos in the 90s, and he's done the like biggest ones like he's did he did all the like dookie green day videos like when i come around in basket case he did like all the weird primus videos that i like watched over and over again just being like this dude is so weird like how is this one guy getting to do (laughs) all of these things um and he did like you know like the distance by cake and like hand in my pocket by Alanis morissette and all these videos that were just like on heavy rotation and i probably like memorized at some point um and then yeah i mean he was on like a roster at propaganda films which doesn't exist anymore but i mean at the time had like spike jones and david lynch and michelle gondry and mark romanek david fincher like
0: these are like i mean as we're growing up like it's like learning about what is possible with music videos like these are the top like like, like these are the the some of the best music videos. I, I feel like Mark Corr, yeah, like yeah.
1: yeah like was one of the directors probably underappreciated compared to those other directors who really helped elevate music videos to like a medium like a like a cinematic you know form of expression if that makes any sense <laughs> <laughs> instead of just like promotional films yeah, you know yeah. stuff to sell records like he actually. Told weird stories and came up with really weird concepts and did a really amazing job of, uh, you know, selling the song, but also making it something really specific and unique to him and the artist.
0: Yeah. And so uh, in this episode, we are really talking about that. We are talking about music videos, talking mm-hmm. about how we come up with ideas in this art form. So we get pretty. Uh, You know, nitty gritty into just like what that process is like. Um, So, this episode is dedicated to the music video. And
1: uh, I I should say that I'm not on this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was at home (laughs) taking care of my kid, which, yay, great, but holy shit, I'm really sad I missed this interview. Um, So, Chris is stepping in for me. uh, And so, that's
0: not me you're listening to, it's Chris. Uh, So we start
2: talking about how Mark got into this. I grew up in Southern California in uh, this place called San Juan Capistrano, you know, and it was between it's between LA and San uh, and San Diego. We lived about a mile from the beach, and so you know we'd walk to the beach every day, and so forth. And th- that community was very much a maker community. I mean, you know, we'd make surfboards, we'd make skateboards, we'd make like sleds and kites. It would you know, we'd try to lift us off the ground, all that jazz. And we you know we didn't have money, but we just had like a lot of like dads around who were like engineers and you know new tools and had tools, and it was just a really great, very playful, good situation. Uh, we we had these friends Nakamura's, um, in Nakamura's in l a. Sammy Nakamura, he was a real camera buff and uh, and real photography buff. Sammy, sold us his Yashica 8 millimeter movie camera for some low price. And the great thing about that camera is that it had three lenses on it and like a turret. Yeah, and, I and, think we have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so it had good optics, and it had it, it would do high speed, and it would do single frame. We would uh, like save our money, and we'd buy roll-to-film. And we'd make these little animated pieces of us, like, driving around in the uh, uh, yard and sitting in a position as if we were a car. And we'd, like, go over jumps and stuff. And we made little animated pieces like Gumby or and so yeah. forth, like, driving over his friend. <laughs> and uh, and we put little smoke, like, cotton balls and stuff. And, and then we'd also shoot, like, high-speed stuff. But then at the same time, I, I just remember this one summer where, like, there was always, like, the 2 o'clock movie. And at the time... There were only 13 channels on television. But there was, like, the 2 o'clock movie. And, you know, we lived in L.A., and for whatever reason, whoever chose those films was, like, incredible because they chose all the classics. I mean, you know, like, Withering Heights and, you know, Citizen Kane and all the great Hollywood movie musicals and, you know, like, all the classic freaking cinema they would show. And so I would sit there, and I'd watch these films every day and like i loved all the mgm musicals you know of course you know singing of the rain and then you know all of fred astaire's stuff all the rko movie musicals and i would like watch them in terms of like the way they would design the shots and the way the dances would be and the way their bodies were in frame and then of course the stuff in technicolor like i'd really get into like how they chose the color and how it, it pushed against you know one another and then also I would, you know, really analyze, I know it sounds funny, but the stories, you know, I'd be like, all the movie musicals are the same. <laughs> as, a, as a, like, 12-year-old. I'd be like, they're <laughs> all the same. What happens is there are two people, there are lovers, they meet, they get together, and then there's a disagreement, they break apart, and then they get back together at the <laughs> end. <laughs> you know, and... It's um, like most simple three-act structure yeah. ever. They
3: <laughs> fall in love, there's a problem, but then they get back together. <laughs> right, the, the, the yeah.
2: End. And so... Um, You know, and I just had all these passions. You know, I loved science and I loved art and I loved the outdoors, but I also loved fashion. Like, I wanted to be a fashion photographer when I grew up. Like, I wanted to be like Richard Avedon. And I know it sounds goofy, but it was like I was this kid that. Like had all those passions. I studied photography in school and I went to San Francisco State, which was which is a really great discount university. And so when I got out, I was like, God, that was great, you know, I learned a lot about photography, but I would known nothing about light. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to take pictures of people, but but use the incredible, beautiful light that I see in these photographs, you know, by these great photographers who shoot people. Mm-hmm. And I really feel the only way I'm gonna understand and learn how to use light beautifully is if I work in the movies, you know, yeah. work on sets where I see people doing lighting because the the flashes, there's no way I'm gonna be able to get my hands on that stuff to really understand it, you know, the strobes. And, you know, and keep in mind, it was a different world. It was where equipment was less available and there was a much higher bar to entry. And after college, I moved back home with my parents, not LA, but Orange County, so San Juan Capistrano. And a friend of mine said, hey, Mark, you know, I heard there's um, this little studio that make commercials and uh, they need a film runner, like someone to like drive film up to LA and they pay like $40 every time you drive film up to LA. You know, I was like, oh, man, that's great. And so I went and, like, applied. But when they hired me, it was basically to be a PA, okay. an art PA. And um, and I was just like, oh, man, you know, this this is awesome. You know, I'm working on a shoot, you know. And um, I just worked really hard, and I just pushed it. I did that for about a year, and then I moved back to San Francisco. I luckily got a job at Colossal Pictures, mm. basically working on their stage. And um, I was working on shoots there and helping them design their electrical distribution system because their studio was growing at the time. And I was working on shoots, but as like a PA, um, but then I was working on outside shoots as a grip and a electric, and um, and a friend approached me and said, hey, why don't we give each other better jobs? You direct a music video and I will produce it. We'll put in our own money. And I was like, great. And she approached this bank because she knew bands. And we had all these connections. Like, I worked at Colossus so I had a stage. I knew people with cameras and blah, blah, blah. She knew people on the post-production side because she worked uh, um, as a production manager. And it just went from there. I mean, why music videos was your question, you mm-hmm. know? And why, I think, is because of all the kind of things that I loved. You know, I love fashion, musicals, movies, storytelling. I love light, optics, the science aspect of what do you need to do from a te- technology standpoint. And also, I came from a maker community, which is where things don't just come into being by themselves. But what you have to do is you have to th- conceive of what are the parts that need to occur And then how do you bring those parts together to be this thing that you want in the end? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of why I went to music videos, because of of all of those loves, Mm -hmm. you know? I've always loved being a part of a creative community, Uh, a community of people who are really into making something new and making some new experience and being excited about it and being fully willing to take the risks. And that's the fun part, you know? Mm -hmm
0: going into it, like, you you had all these pieces, you know? It, at what point do you feel like you understood that they all fit together?
2: You know, what's funny is, is I didn't at all. Mm-hmm. Because really, it was just doing, mm-hmm. you know? It was just, it was just kind of like moving forward with it. And, you know, there's no mistaking, you know, I worked very hard at it. I think back, and first videos, I did the same thing as I do now, which is that I listened, first of all, you know, I listened to the music, and I really got into okay well how does this feel and then wrote out a ton of ideas and then honed those down into what are the strongest and then went forward and developed that and you know with storyboards and shot lists and references and the whole thing you know that just trying to get as much information into me and then uh, having hopefully the best of it come out of me to make the best thing i could
0: like like specifically with music videos how do you find that story that complements the music? And for me at least, for each piece, it's different, you know, but you gotta oh, yeah. you gotta figure out what is the music telling you, you know, and like and how far do you wanna go down matching to the lyrics or sort of like the story, and how far do you wanna go with the music itself, you know, informing what the visual component should be. How do you think about that?
2: Well, You know, I thought a lot about these questions, you know, the questions you ask about um, how do you fit all these pieces together to equal something that's really compelling and fun. And the reason why is because I teach now at uh, at the Academy of Art University in San Francisco, uh, a class in music video, and I have three of those classes per semester. And it's funny, music videos, I want to contextualize them first, which is that I feel that music videos are essentially an extension of of a theater that's been around for a long, long time. And it's essentially an extension of variety arts theater or short form theater. And variety arts theater, you know, there's a great movie by um, Fellini called... uh, Variety Lights. It's Mm -hmm. Fellini's first film that he co-directed with somebody. That's why when he did Eight and a Half, it's called 8 because he only did half of that film. (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, Variety Arts Theatre is is basically like people's theater. You go in, and you'd see these little acts. There'd be, like, the magician, the quick-change artist, the guy who spoke like a chicken. You know, there'd be a ventriloquist. There'd be the dancing girl. And that's what music videos are, which is these short-form pieces that are meant to hit really hard and have a really unique hook about them. Music videos were the contemporary version of that. Hmm. Uh, okay, so, so you know what I brought in is I brought in my rubric. Okay. okay, And this is the rubric I use when I grade the music videos and it took me a while to kind of put this together but it comes directly out of my class. I'll just dive into it. Sure. You know, music videos are a lot of pieces. Just like anything that's complexity, right? But the ideal goal is it is it's very simple in the end and elegant, you know? And I think that, you know, what's really important to keep in mind is like you said, the first thing is the song. Everything comes from the song. Everything comes from the vibe of the song. Even if you had another idea that was sitting out there on the wings and it's applied to the song, it's because the song is right for the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, the song has an emotional component to it, and that part is the most important thing. It has a vibe, okay? And when I write, and when many people do, you start listening to the song, and you, of course, listen to it over and over again, but you listen to it first through an emotional framework, okay? From an emotional viewpoint, essentially. Yes, they're all the words, but that emotional part is the part that means a lot. And what I tell my students is I say, what you do is... As you're listening, just write out ideas. Okay, as fast as you can about uh, about what you see on the projection screen that's on the back of your forehead <laughs> and, and or feel. And it can be a complete story, or you can say, I see just movement left to right, left to right, left to right. Or I see like a water movement, but not the top of the water, but like looking from underneath the water with the light coming in. And again, it all comes around to what's the vibe. And, and that dictates visual, it dictates movement, it dictates story, and and so forth. And so that's huge. And I say, you know, write out as many things as you can. You need to exhaust yourself writing out things. And during that time, look at photographs, look at film clips, look through famous photographers' books, look through magazines, you know, go on a walk, whatever it is, you know, and and just follow all these different routes. And I say, and you've got to freaking write them down. Mm. I say, you got to write with a pen on a piece of paper because the other part of writing out is you need to be able to make sketches Mm. because it's important to make those sketches. Now, the other reason why it's important is because the brain has this part of it called the hippocampus. Okay, now the hippocampus in the brain is where you get emotion, and you get ideas and you get process where it can all come together and fuse. But the hippocampus is like RAM in your computer. You don't have a lot of it. And I'm gonna say you've got 16 gigs of of hippocampus RAM. And so what'll happen is if you're thinking of ideas and you come across what you think is a good idea, you're not writing this stuff down, but you're like, oh, better hold that good (laughs) idea. Don't wanna let that go. Don't wanna let it fly away, you know? What will happen is, is that that will have taken up eight gigs of that RAM mm, yeah. or more, and it will sit there in your brain, in your hippocampus, to the exclusion of thinking of new ideas. And so that's why you have to write stuff down, okay, from a neurological standpoint. Listening from an emotional standpoint is first. Then second, what I do is I listen then from the words I can hear, mm. from the hook, from the ones that sit in my head, from the ones that I will sing over and over again. Mm. Because that's what you do when you listen to the radio, you know? Yeah. And so I will write out the ideas that come to me according to those words that I can understand the hook. Or you you maybe can understand all the words, but not all songs you can. And so that list tends to be shorter Sometimes, you know, I'll have ideas that come right from those words through the basis, but you don't know. Usually it's mainly from the emotion, from the emotional listening. But then from the hook listening, you get certain things. Then I say, okay, then once you've exhausted that, then you write out all the words and all the musical changes and all the tinky, 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 tink, and the (laughs) rounds and, you know, all the flourishes and the rhythms. And, you know, you write out all the words. When I say write out the words, I mean you're writing them out. You don't go to the computer and you don't print them out. You write them. Because the goal is to really get to understand the song and to get to understand what the song writer felt in writing the song, but you're not trying to figure out what it means. You you can get a real good feeling, but the other thing I tell my students is don't get hung up on what the song means. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes it'll be like that. I'll get this thing where I'm, students will say well, what if I talk to the artists and they're like, what the song means is something completely different. And I'm like, you know, does it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> does it doesn't
0: matter. doesn't
2: matter. So all that is, you know, essentially divergent creativity, where you are diverging from that song. You are thinking of as many ideas as you can. It's like the Nile Delta, where it diverges into a million different tributaries. You know, you're thinking of a lot of different ideas. And making those three lists, that's what you've done. And then what you do is then you... You go through and you go for convergent creativity, which is you look over those lists and you look for patterns. Well, what's come up again and again and again? And usually what comes up again and again and again are three things. And that's what you kind of look for is like three because things go well with threes. Okay, that's just we know rule roll of thirds, right? Mm -hmm. Three acts, the frame, (laughs) you know, the whole thing. (laughs) For some reason, things go nicely in threes. And so usually find like three things. And they can be very different. It can be like, well, there's like unicorn, and there's like RVs, and there's like uh, shopping centers. Okay, so I've got unicorns, RVs, and and shopping centers. Okay, these th- guy, how do I fit these things together? I have no idea. This is weird. But all of them kind of come up through listening to this song. So you challenge yourself. You say, okay, I'm going to think of something that has unicorn shopping centers and RVs. You you work and you work and you work and you work. And usually you basically crap out. And that's the point where you go on a run that's longer than 20 minutes (laughs) or you take a nap or you do both or you take a shower or you do all three and, and you don't think about it. And what happens is when you relax and you sit back on the sofa, because the sofa is one of the best workplaces ever for creativity. In fact, if you don't have one here, you should get one. <laughs> There's something about it, just the softness, you know. And so when you relax and close your eyes, it's either as you're going to sleep or you take a 20-minute nap and as you're waking up, the whole thing just fuses together. The idea just, and about 20 minutes into your run, the whole, th- all those three things go you know and you go i figured it out Mm. and it's not you even it's like it just emerges from the blackness from the nothing you're like oh that's it that's how it could work it's just like a gift you know
0: there's a point where i feel like as an art form it really does transition into this point of of having faith you have to just trust that there's that gap that there's just no way to really define what it is yeah How do you think about that?
2: Well, well, I think about it like this is that, you see, at that point, when you get those three things together, right? And you go, oh, I see. I see how this could work. Now, you've essentially developed that very intuitively. Now, what happens is then you start to go, oh, I see. Yeah, having, doing a split screen and having the, the, the two people, the lovers in different frames, it's a metaphor. These people can't be together. They're separate, but yet they want to be together. So they're in the same viewing screen, but they're in separate frames themselves. Okay, so uh, that's just an example mm-hmm. to say, then you start to figure out why you thought of those metaphors. And the nice thing is that they come through you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so what that means is it's, it's going to be exciting for you to produce. Mm-hmm. Also, what it means, it'll be a unique experience for the viewer. And I'm sorry I'm getting kind of, you know, no, okay. heady with this stuff. This is just fascinating for me because it, it, it's like
0: just it just... No, never-ending internal process of how we how yeah. we do what we do well, well, oh no,
2: totally
3: i also like the idea of thinking about everything externally and then the physical representation of that you know it just sort of manifests itself it's like you know you're we saying everything's in the hippocampus and then it comes down and then it goes out and then it's through your hand onto the paper it, and it, then you're going back inside and right. then thinking about it and then going for a run or doing something physical you yeah, know yeah it's an entire process that you're mm, going yeah. through from
2: beginning to end yeah and yeah. yeah, and the creative process, you know, it's work. It's yeah. a real deal thing. And you know, and the re- reason why we we'll work it is because, and I tell my students this: ideally, you want to make stuff that's interesting for you to make, yeah. and is interesting for people to watch. That's the spot. And you have to be able to get up every morning and do that. And, you know, and that's why, you know, I mean, why I teach them this process that they can essentially have a starting point where it's not just inspiration the whole time. Because that's what I had to do for 15 years in the business of music videos is to come up with ideas every day that were interesting for me to do and interesting for people to watch, you know, and that's the sweetest spot of all. Yeah. I'm gonna kind of go through a few things that I feel that are important for music videos and important for most media, Mm -hmm. probably. You know, the first being that, that your idea has some central concept, idea, theme, backbone that is implicit, you know, that, that that people have to figure it out, but it's something that's the guiding thing for your whole piece, yeah. okay? Even though I've told you I've go through this whole creative process, still that, that boils down to a central idea. Yeah. And those the unicorn and the, the RV and the shopping center, they all support something. When I think about it, if I go, okay, if I had to assign some idea to that, well, what would it be? You know, you could probably say, well, the central idea is probably something about, you know, sort of consumer fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know. But there there's there's that central idea that you're you're supporting. It's very important. And it can it usually can be very small. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so that's super important. You know, just like I just saw the Kwan Brothers um their new film, um, Uh, hail Hail caesar Caesar. you know and i love that film and it's it's funny because that's a classic example like i feel like the central idea in that film is about a guy who's older you know like myself you hit this point in your career where you're like god i don't know if i want to do this anymore i know if i want to i I want to open a restaurant now (laughs) (laughs) right but he struggles with it and then he comes to the realization that he loves his work Mm -hmm. very small little idea Mm -hmm. right but that whole film, the, the, the submarine and the Russians and the, you know, <laughs> and George Clooney and, you know, all that stuff is to support. I yeah. mean, I feel that, that little central idea. And, you know, I, I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong. But that's what you want to do is you want to have the viewer have you want them to try to figure this thing out. Yeah. And you want them to feel it in their gut that they know what it's about. Yeah. But then it's just churning in their head. And so the way that I describe structuralizing that, I, and again, I have to teach this stuff, so yeah. I, I have to put it into a structure yeah, words, yeah. right? Is, you know, I call it the WTF factor, you know, <laughs> the, the, the what-the-fuck factor with music videos, you know? And it's, you know, WTF was that you've got to see this because that's what you want, either yeah. a hit or you want viral or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. And the way that I break that down is what is that factor? Is that it's understood 100% by the emotional mind. Mm-hmm. Like your emotions totally understand it. You're like, oh, I feel that, you know. you know, And, and you, you might not even be able to put words to it because a lot of emotions are very complex. Yeah. And then only six, 40 to 60% cognitively understood. You know, you can't understand the whole thing. You have to, you're still putting it together. Well, what what's that about? Mm-hmm. You know, but you know it, you feel it. But your head's trying to figure it out. What's going on? What happened? You know, because they need to put stuff together, but they need to feel it, you yeah. know. And so you know that hundred percent emotional forty to sixty cognitive and and so um anyway, you know that's that's huge, you know another factor that's huge for music videos, and that people need to realize we're making art are visual metaphors, you know mm-hmm. or metaphors and what's amazing about metaphor, just the word itself is and and I'm getting this from primarily from um a book that was written by Twyla Tharp on creativity, but I realize that it's completely what I would. Do as well is the word metaphor is the word memory it's the same word okay mm-hmm. the, if you go to the, the etymology and so what's really interesting what's amazing is the mother of the twelve muses okay or the twelve or the eight or whatever it was you know lyrical poetry and dance and comedy and da, da, da. well their mother is all memory mm. okay her her name is memory all right now what's amazing about what we do. As we will make choices, we'll say, uh, uh, she gets the white makeup, she gets the black Scalera lens that covers her whole eye, she gets the white pixie hair, she gets the blood drop coming out of her eye. And all of those things are choices, right, that, that, that evoke in the viewer emotional memory, the white the purity, the pixie hair, the sort of the fantasy of the sort of pixie forest, the, the light, the delicate, but strong. But all those things evoke an emotional memory in the viewer. And then like that image, you know, I'm getting from Yolandi in Diantward, you, know? mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, you know, and you put all those things together and they equal something and it's an emotional something. So what we do as image makers, it's so wonderful. And you have such an opportunity to do is because all this stuff, it's not happening. Yes, it's happening in you because you're watching it and you've been a part of making it. But you're making it for a viewer. And you're able to play that viewer like amazing organs that are in an old movie theater. And you're playing the viewers essentially emotional memories like that. And it's through all of these choices of visual metaphors that you're combining in unique ways So that they play this new, essentially emotional song and store within the viewer. And so for you to give them more sophistication in terms of your offering, it's best to go through that process of ideation, you know, of coming up with a lot of ideas and honing them down and and then developing as best you can. So anyway, sorry about (laughs) that. It's a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, and, you know, I just look at my list here of kind of things that I have on my rubric. You know, I wrote originality. And it's funny because, you know, in the A category for the student that gets the A, <laughs> I wrote, uh, the video presents a new combination of elements to create a new feel. For hmm. Example, a um, a combination of technical, aesthetic, narrative, poetic, metaphor, et cetera. You know, we're in that that difficult spot where, you know, people have seen things that have worked really well and they say, I want to do that. But consciousness, and I feel that mass consciousness is unique in that we can put something out there in the world that does very well and that opens a window My definition of art is creating consciousness in the viewer Mm. because the viewer goes down the street and they have thought loops that go through their heads for years and decades. And as the artist, what happens is you create something that turns off all of those thoughts for a moment and they're conscious of this thing. And a conscious doesn't mean... That they're applying words to it. It yeah. just means that there's this experience, and they're feeling it richly and intuitively. You're just present with, and it. it's just present with it. And then what happens is, is that window's open, and then it closes again. <laughs> okay, and and so if somebody did something that worked really well, well, that window opened, and that was awesome. But you can't do it again because the window is closed. <laughs> and even though Picasso's paintings are really cool, and you go and see them, and you say, "Wow, that's cool," right? when people saw those paintings for the first time they blew people's socks off you know they're like oh my god whoa jesus you know (laughs) they were upsetting Mm -hmm. you know and so uh you know that's that's the difficult part of our business from a creating standpoint You, you know one other point that i wrote on here that's funny is um that you know i know you know but um that's, that's really important for creating music videos is transformation. Mm-hmm. And just like movies or anything, you know, it's it, you you have to have a transformation occur. Yeah. You know, it's just, whether it's visual, whether it's story, whether it's emotional, whether someone learns something and hopefully it's the viewer. Yeah. You know, you just have to have things change. It's the basic nature of what I think this whole universe thing that's us does is it transforms.
0: I was thinking yeah. about this a lot. I was even just talking to a friend of mine about this yesterday. It's like, for me, it's thinking more and more about like, transformation. I've been, I've been saying transition. It's, oh, like, uh-huh. it's like from the beginning to the end of a piece, but right. within a scene, within a shot, within a series of edits, how the context changes how you learn something right you know it's like it and so then when do you make choices you know it's like you have a dolly move or you have some other kind of thing it's like right. the goal should be to change the context yeah you know yeah. and then at, by, by the end of the story it's like your these little moments take you all the way to the end where it's like where you started and where you end that's that is the journey
2: right yeah no absolutely and, and you know what's amazing of course you know with the music video thing too is that you know, oftentimes what we do with them, the ones that I think are very interesting, is that we tell these kind of emotional stories in code. Mm. You know, where we create sort of a, you know, visual code that you just have to let wash over you and you feel and, and enjoy. And then the kind of more you watch, you can kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I love the director, director is Canada. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, just wonderful, wonderful work. It's so good, and they just, or they, or he, or she <laughs> just I think it's
3: a collective of directors. Yeah, yeah. I
2: think so. Yeah, yeah. It, it, just in the most wonderful code. Yeah, yeah. I know. And and you know, and, and you know, so so even within that code, you have to have transformation, transformation of emotion, and and you know, essentially the, uh, visuals, and you know, so forth. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you think, and and obviously, like, you know, I'm saying music video, and, you know, I think a part of it is just because you're, you know, you're a part of this history of just fantastic music videos. And, you know, for Chris and Roman and I, like, just work that we've grown up on, you know, do you feel like there's clear differentiators between, you know, sort of the music video landscape now and, Mm -hmm. you know, how it was at the start of MTV and, you know, everything? Do you feel like it's very different? do you feel like it's similar what what is your sense of it right now?
2: well well, you know um I mean in terms of the I'm just kind of talking broad strokes here, but Please. I feel like that um you know when it first started, it was kind of pop promo centric <laughs> and what and what I mean <laughs> and what I mean by that it was um you know a lot of band and a lot of sort of um you know it was more kind of um Hollywood, you know, Mm -hmm. less art. It was more, like, commercially driven. Yeah. And then what was interesting is there was also a lot of really wonderful art in there, too. And it just, I think, uh, so many people got excited, you know, of course, by just the artistic possibilities and the fact that there were these art pieces were being made even during that period. And I think that during the 90s, kind of when I was coming on that we really started, you know, kind of putting the pedal to the metal in that regard. Yeah. Um, And they still had a lot of performance in them, but it was, you know, taking it away from sort of the band uh, experience. I certainly had a lot of videos with a lot of band in them, but, you know, would do many other things. But, But I feel like the 90s it really the form started to develop into a you know a very much wide open kind of form and then i think that everything was kind of getting sorted out around you know 2000 to 2006 where it was like okay there was no money where are people watching these things Mm -hmm. and and YouTube hadn't really hit too hard yet. I mean, it really people weren't watching them online enough. And then it just seemed like, boy, around 2009 or 10, just it's just better than ever. Yeah. I mean, it's like I feel that music videos are at such an incredible. Point, it's just wonderful, mm-hmm. you know, the work out there is so good. The fact that the tools of everything from, you know, the cameras, the editing systems, color correction, and image manipulation tools, and that they're so accessible. Mm-hmm that what happened what's happening is is that you know music videos being made by people are incredibly creative from you know all different countries and so forth you know when i got in i mean yes i didn't have that i didn't grow up in a family with money or anything but i worked incredibly hard to get in and so those people who work incredibly hard what's great is the barrier to producing is lower for them making work um, and now the barrier to them is the quality of work, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and so what we're seeing is we're seeing such high quality work uh, that that it's it it just uh, is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I know the breakdown is always kind of the same, which is that usually it's ninety percent, mm, you know, okay work or good work, and then it's ten to. You could even say 4 or 3% <laughs> stuff that's amazing, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's always how things kind of shake out. Yeah. But uh, I think it's just a wonderful time in terms of uh, the music video work that's being done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's brilliant.
3: I was just thinking, like, in the 90s, as you were talking, I mean, a lot of filmmakers that started as music videos went on to become, like... Right. You know, and they had... It was more of an emphasis on narrative and storytelling and, you know... Transformative uh, experiences like Canada, I think, now is a really yeah. good example. When you look at a Canada video, too, you know it's a Canada, you, you're like, right. Canada did that. But yeah. when you look at a Spike Jones video, right. Spike Jones, Hype Williams, like, you know, yeah. all those guys that came out, it's just like, oh, they, you know, are so good at that art form. And but right. they also had, you know, they brought their own experience and emotions and artistic taste to. Right you know, mm. music videos. Yeah, yeah,
2: but, well, I think that, you know, my, you know, and, and you know, like on the first day of class when all the students come in, I ask them, I say right off the top, you know, because, you know, you have to get people talking, right? Mm-hmm. I say, why music videos, you know? Mm-hmm. Why? Why should you learn how to do this form? Why should you learn, why should you do this form, you know? You know, I'd have them answer, you know, And support, you know, and go deeper into, you know, what they're feeling in their gut. But why is because when you make music videos, you produce work that's auteur. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's you. And it's very hard to start in a movie or a television or in a commercial with auteur work, right? It's really difficult to start in a commercial sense. And and the reason why is because if you want to do unique stuff and you haven't done it before, how are you going to convince them to do that unless you're a social genius? (laughs) Okay, and some people are, but... You know, but that's a very difficult piece. Yeah. But, if you make music videos, that have very much a signature feel look vibe about them. If you can create vibe that 's gold because it 's not about having somebody understand something cognitively yeah. it 's about having them cry or laugh or get choked up or whatever yeah. the emotion is it 's about creating vibe yeah. and so music videos are about learning how to create a vibe, and so that 's why spike Jones michael bay uh, <laughs> you know David fincher you know, have done so well is because they learned how to create vibe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny because when when I was doing uh, uh, um, old music videos in the 90s, you know, you could see it. Feature directors would get hired to make music videos and they'd be bad. Yeah, right. Okay. A commercial director would try to make a music video. It'd be bad. But a music video would make a commercial. (laughs) <laughs> it could be really it'd yeah. be really no, cool totally. yeah. a music video director would make a feature and it'd be really cool yeah. you know and, and it's because you are working on creating that thing you know yeah. create it, you're, you're working on creating rich emotion and you're dealing with this whole equation where visual style yeah. you know <laughs> blah, blah 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 you know camera style yeah. Yeah, yada 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 you know
0: Anyway, it's interesting cuz I f- I feel like um like for me I think a really good example is uh the difference between short form and long form storytelling mm-hmm. and how like I think somebody like uh Michel Gondry I think is a great example yeah, yeah, where it's right, like Michelle, he right. does like one idea, right? And, it's, and just explores it, and it's beautiful. Right, right, right. But then you see him start to do very complex, you know, like, 3 x structure, and it's, like, it's a bigger challenge. Yeah. You know, it's hard to see that sort of, like, the, you know, it's like the, the trumpet player going to the tuba right, and back right. and forth. You know, yeah, it's like, they're, yeah. it's a different muscle, it's a different right. skill set, and so sometimes I feel like that's where a breakdown can be as well. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I know. I mean, it, of course, it doesn't always work, but, um, yeah. but you know, there have been a lot of really great... Anyway, yeah, you know, the funny thing was, you know, Back in the early 90s and mid-90s, you know, people were like, ah, oh, music video director. right? Ah, oh, they can't do a movie. You know, and it's funny how, you know, things have changed. Like, you know, Daniel's there mm-hmm. coming out with Swiss Army Man, you yeah. know, and that that looks like it's going to be, so be, be be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway.
0: Do you think it's getting harder to create new sort of metaphors? Uh,
2: you mean uh, new tricky things? Yeah. Um, Not necessarily. They will always come. <laughs> 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 they will always happen we think of ourselves as individuals but we are a long legacy of conventions of thought yeah okay and ways of responding to actions and to our environment and to visual aspects of our environment and to actions of other people and things and as much as we think well i'm just going to create something like random okay it's it's very difficult to and so that's why when i say go through and make you listen to the music have it move you emotionally and then you make your list and say what you see and then look at other stuff out there in the world and what what you how that inspires you you know magazines you know other visual material and what you're doing is you're still pulling from associative information that has meaning in the greater culture and in the yeah. you know, greater local culture meaning uh, western europe that we are a part of essentially yeah and all the interminglings from you know china and and the middle east and yeah. the, all the island nations you know like all that stuff has meaning to us and it has meaning to them and yes there are meanings that that are different yeah. you know like I don't know what white means in China. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But some of those things are a li- little different or what make things interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that's where I feel like that that it's, it's for the most part, it's pretty difficult to go it's too far to off to the rails. Far, yeah. You know, and I know we see stuff all the time where you know, and sometimes people are just trying to be weird. And you can know, kind of feel it. You're like, yeah, yeah you know. And, I it, mean, it, yeah. <laughs> it, and, and it's fun to be weird, but if there's no idea, if there's no yeah. central idea... And if what you're coming up with hasn't come through the song, you know, but you're bringing it from left field because you like that thing over there that someone did over there and you're trying to apply it to this, well, it's not going yeah. to work. To force something into a the wrong kind of a box. Right, right.
3: I'm a... um, just thinking, AJ and I have worked on a lot of music videos together. Right. I generally edit them and you direct them. And we've had some, like, creative clashes over yeah. it, right? Yeah. Where, like, he'll think something, I'll think something, and yeah. then we'll really... Just go to head-to-head head on it. Yeah. But, you know, I always feel like it makes the project better.
2: You right? bet. You bet it does. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I would um, I tell my students this, which is, um, first of all, you know, you when you edit something, you want to edit it like it's done. Mm-hmm. That first edit to be reviewed, you want to get it as done as possible. Yeah. And then you deliver it. And, like, I would always get, you know, of course, I'm going to get back notes, you know. hmm you know, of course they're upsetting. Like, you're like, God damn it. <laughs> you know, this thing was done like that. I, oh, and the thing just bugs you, right? Yeah. Well, the thing I always did is I channel that energy into work on making that fix, but make it better yeah. than they wanted it. Like, you go actually beyond to where it's your fix your creative, creative fix of what they put forth. And what inevitably happens is you make it better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that that struggle makes it better because it pushes you and it gives you an energy to try to think up solutions because, you know, whatever we do, generally, there are problems that we have to fix. Mm -hmm. And, And those fixes are done through creating something new. And it's hard, mm-hmm. but you do it. And then, like you said, it's, you know, that, that thing, it just, it, it, it makes the work better. Yeah. And, you know, and you challenge him, and then he's like, damn. And then he thinks of something better, and then you challenge him, and he's like, ah, I don't want to <laughs> do it, but I'll, I'm not going to do just your thing. I'm going to go a step beyond. Mm-hmm. And so then the whole piece then advances to a better spot.
3: Yeah, that's a really good way of, of breaking it down. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'll take your feedback, cause, but I'm going to do better than what. Told <laughs> yeah, you yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. It yeah. definitely is how it works out. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the last music video that was the one where we fought the most. Yeah. And uh, we were just pushing each other, and he wanted to try something. I was like, that's not going to work. And then I tried something. And it was that's not going to work. But then it was every time like I'm going to come back into it, not what you're expecting. And You're like, right. oh shit, that actually works. And then the feedback we got yeah. from you know other people involved were this is a lot different than, than what it was. Yeah. You know, it was a challenging project for a yeah. variety of reasons, but that was definitely, you know, we pushed each other really hard. Would you agree mm-hmm. on that one?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah and, and, you know, and that, that part always can feel like a slog, but you just have to kind of try to get good with it. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, yeah. I, think there's, I think part of that process, too, is, like, the diligence to know that something's not quite right, too. It's like sometimes you can't put your finger on it, and it's, it's right. it can be all over the place. It can be during when you're sort of pre-visualization stage it can be when you're in production that's like this shot just it's not it's not what it should be but i don't know what it is yet and you have to just kind of like push through that and then in the editing it's the same way it's like you rewrite the story because all these ideas that seemed really good at the time then it all comes together and it's like it's not it's not there yet yeah and i think that there's there's a point where you can also say oh well it's done and just because it has to be done or right. you can say no this thing can be something else right. yeah but we have to but it's like the the only way to get to it is to push
2: right well that brings to mind like one thing that is important is that you know you can do all the planning right all the storyboarding all the shot listing and you know doing your your tests beforehand whatever it is and um and then you get to the to the shoot Right, and if you just do the boards and the and the shot list, it's only going to be so good. Mm-hmm. When they're on the shoot, there, that's when you have to really be open to and see and feel what's going on, so that you take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. So that you take and the next level is the magic part, yeah. and that's a hard part. That's the hardest part for all of us. You know, but the thing about Spike, he was so good. He was so good at doing all that planning doing all that prep work, then he would get the magic. He would, he, that next step up. And um, and that was a part I really had to develop in me was working at, at creating that next level, taking it that, that next thing. And that's where you're on the social part you, with your actors and with the people. And so you're, you know, you, you know it just, it's, that's, it's a challenge. <laughs> but, but that's where you get it, you know, that's yeah. where you, yeah.
0: Is there anything that you you know projects like not even talking about music videos is there is there anything that you feel like you haven't done yet that you want to
2: or something that you're excited about exploring yeah i you know i mean it's it's funny because you know with me i had a i've had a big interruption in my career you know where i was out for 10 years and so the thing that i would love to do is i would love to do a a a feature and i know that features aren't as relevant meaning you know, because episodic television is so wonderful and it mm-hmm. brings us away from good guy, bad guy, mm-hmm. you know, from that structure. But I would I would love to do a, a feature, you know. Um, and, you know, there's one that I'm working on. That's, that's something I, I would hope to do. Mm-hmm. Because most of the people around me, when I was at Satellite Propaganda and so forth, went on to, um, you know, direct features. And, you know, they got to... Do that. Do that thing. So you know, uh, just just something I'd like to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is that a, is that process of working at it? Is it how does it feel like? If you you've got that project, is it a? Do you feel like it's a fun project to take your time with? Is it something that you're that you find yourself, you know, sort
2: of like blocked or not blocked in the writing process? How how is that? Well, you know, I have a whole story all mapped out, and. I've kind of given myself a year and a half to mm-hmm. finish it. And, you know, it's kind of a, of course, you know, they're complex equations because I'm trying to think about, okay, all those things Yeah. maximum appeal, yeah. <laughs> um, shootability, low cost, yeah. you know, um, and bringing in odd elements, but then having it be something that uh, people feel in a maximum kind of way. And, uh, and like, I, I know it sounds funny, but, you know, I told you about you know, taking on challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, years ago I heard an interview by uh, of, you know, Kurt Vonnegut. Mm-hmm. And he said the story that people want to hear over and over and over again is Snow White. <laughs> okay. And, of course, he was saying, you know, there are many, many, many versions of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I essentially have the story that is that myth, you know, mm-hmm at its base but if you saw it you'd never say oh yeah well this is Snow White but it's completely Snow White <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it's all in a very you know contemporary skin but the, it's not the princess and this and that and the other thing yeah. but it, all the stuff of you know the person has to work hard that loses parents that blah blah you know on yeah. and on and on and on they die <laughs> you know they come back you know <laughs> the whole classic thing but not, you know, but you you wouldn't know it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> That's anyway. awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, any last thoughts, anything that you feel like in the conversation you didn't get a chance to throw in there or anything that you've thought about?
2: Well, I think that, um, you know, if you have commercial or web work, go to French Press Films. These guys are awesome.
0: <laughs> <Stop>.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, really cool dudes come down to downtown Oakland, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright.
2: will shoot the commercial next. Let's do it. <laughs> Alright. So, um, no, no, that's that's it. You know, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, in, in, in closing, just um, to say that, uh, you know, the music, the music video thing is just a really wonderful form. You know, it's just really a lot of fun. I, you know, and there are, of course, other wonderful forms, too. You know, movies and and long-form television, and and stage, and dance, and this and that. But, you know, music videos I've really enjoyed, and I know that uh, that you both do too, and it's just a joy. So um, I've had a great great time with it, and I continue to have a good time making them as well. So anyway, so thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thank
0: you again to Mark Corr for being on the show. We're super stoked to have you be a part of this series um, and to just talk more uh about you know process and why thinking about why we do this. Um I think we'll link the Primus video so you can see it. Um that was also made uh in collaboration with uh the wise brothers, Morgan and Finley. You're gonna be on this show one day. We're gonna get you on here. Going <laughs> <laughs> for you. Uh, so now here is the epilogue. Goodbye. Cool. <whistles> It sounded like a haunted house. Glad you could make it. Glad you could make it to, to my party. Where they had the, like, it's like olives, these are the eyes, spaghetti, or no, grapes were the eyes, spaghetti was the hair. You never did that? Yeah, I did. Like, well, like, you're I'm, looking, just, I'm just looking at you to see where you're going with this. I don't know, like... <laughs> spaghetti was the hair. <laughs> she had... I, I had a friend tell me once that, uh, uh... She got a compliment from some weird random dude that said, "Your eyes are like grapes. I just want to peel them." Jesus! Christ. <laughs> I, was just, I was just like, "Did you?" Run? But was he? Did he? Was he a Dracula from
1: a <laughs> <fucking> haunted house? <laughs> I just want to put you in a box and feel your face.
0: <laughs> I, I, I want to feel your spaghetti hair. <laughs> wash it with, with marinara sauce. If you had spaghetti hair, would you wash it with marinara sauce? Or clams. No. Lambs? Oh, that's
1: linguine. Is that like the but No, No, I'm thinking
3: like that room? would just, like, that'd be like putting things in my hair to make it, like, taste better. Yeah,
1: right? Why wouldn't you just wash it with, like,
3: water? <laughs> 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 Why do you have to use marinara
1: sauce? Is someone coming over to eat your head? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's like it's like yeah like like bathing in like fucking au jus or something
0: <laughs> what just to make if yourself you, taste you better made of roast beef yeah like the old, like a cartoon giant invited <laughs> you
1: over and <laughs> just like yeah. gonna take a french dip
0: this <laughs> is <laughs> french dip my toes
3: i remember i went to like a haunted house when i was a little kid and they had the like oh reach in here those are eyeballs <laughs> I was like in first grade, like, do you want to eat one? And I was like,
0: fuck no. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this place?
3: <laughs> oh,
0: well, what's well, going to my house? Would you like some eyeballs? It Jesus was at my, no. I was at
3: my church.
0: What kind of church is this? Wait, yeah. the church is being like, reach in and feel some eyeballs? It's like, well, what I kind I remember, of. remember, <laughs> it was usually
3: like church haunted houses yeah. that had that stuff. And then like years That's later. I, but I, was, I remember just being fucking totally traumatized, man. I was like, no. It's like, no, I don't want to eat one. Do you want to eat one? Like it's dark, you can't see shit, and someone's like, those are eyeballs, eat one. And you're like, fucking like six, like, nah, I'm good. There there are several uh, like experiences like that 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 stand out. So there's that when I was like, fuck no. And then there's another time when I went to the movies and I fucking went to the bathroom during a movie and it was empty except there was a dude hanging out in the bathroom. What? There was a dude. I was a little, I was like ten or eleven.
0: He wasn't he wasn't Where's like a bathroom attendant, Where's like this like <laughs> Yeah,
3: what's like, it's Well let me finish <laughs> the story. No, it was it was Ridgecrest. But I remember he had like a fucking tank top on that you could see through and I walked in, he's like, It's okay. You can use the bathroom if you want and I was like no way, man. <laughs> it was oh like, like fucking Stranger Danger. <laughs> I was like,
0: fuck no. That's cool, man. We'll hang out. We'll eat some eyeballs. So it's
3: was like, yeah, the eyeballs, no. And the fucking perv hanging out in the bathroom. He's like, it's okay. You can use the bathroom if you want. I'm like, you're the only person in here. I feel like I'm good I'm a, I'm a child. Yeah, don't <laughs> eat the eyes and don't use the bathroom. And for, I know... He, <laughs> don't use there's, the bathroom with the creepy... There's no way he looked like this, but out. for whatever reason, like, I always just imagine him looking like Freddie Mercury <laughs> 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 like a and like a, fucking <laughs> and like, a fucking like sheer tank top
1: maybe it was like a, a, a sighting maybe
3: it, was it was falling sighting. like oh the door I was like nope <laughs> <And> like fucking <laughs> left
0: I don't know you went you go into a bathroom and Freddie burger's there being like use the bathroom now. <laughs> Well,
3: Does that, that sounds like day? turn the beat around.
0: <laughs> Use the bathroom now.
3: Were we talking? Were you guys talking about haunted house, or did yeah. I just like assume you were sitting, you were sitting in? The what room was that? Room. And it was like strobe lights, and like maybe someone would like crash through like a cardboard wall, dressed like a wolf man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's like, I'm here to party! Who
3: no, got the eyeballs for me to They're eat? supposed to scare you. <laughs> all the lights are turned off at a party and a fucking guy just bursts through a cardboard wall. I'm here to party! And then just goes back in. He's got no.
0: sunglasses and a skateboard and a Hawaiian t-shirt. Yeah.
3: They did this thing at uh, Universal Studios where it's like the Walking Dead, like, interactive experience. And it's... I was just thinking about these actors that just have to do that all yeah. day and they yeah. just have to burst through a wall and go, Wah! And then just kind of like quietly go back
0: into place.
3: <laughs> The wall. Because <laughs> I was watching like a to, walkthrough. Like, yeah,
0: they probably have to like close the doors themselves. Yeah. I like the idea of the guy that bursts through the wall. is just like, oh, I guess I didn't have a follow through of that. <laughs> oh uh, It's just
3: to scare you. Then they have to go put all the set pieces back together. And you
1: keep walking, so you, like they jump out and you don't see them. I mean,
3: you don't fight them.
1: You don't just stand there after they jump out of you. Ah, that's, hey. But have <laughs>
3: come, you seen, f- like, come <laughs> like come back, like come back, like shock house or whatever. Like the one where the like those those uh, oh, haunted uh, houses, but it's like a uh, scared shock kind mansion. Of? No, no, no. Where like y- y- people pay money to basically get like tortured for two hours, and you like have to say like a code word for them to let you go.
0: They Whoa. they do like there's shit like that. That's like uh, like, like you can get really? like interrogated, yeah. like proper interrogation. Yeah, but this one's like and, shock like, mansion,
3: said... and like so you go through, and they're allowed to touch you, and like. Fucking punch you with the balls and shit, and you can't what? do anything. And dump water on your head and just fuck with you and like.
1: That sounds horrible.
3: Yeah, and people pay for that to like see like how much you can like put your body through.
1: It's the wolf man.
3: I mean, I couldn't even what? handle. So, welcome to,
1: welcome shock to Shock House. Shock house. You guys burst through a cardboard wall. Hey, you want
0: some eyeballs? I'm here to balls, I'll be at a party.
3: You like, can use the a... bathroom if you want. <laughs> <laughs> sounds really it's helpful. Surgery.
0: Freddie Mercury, the Wolf Man in the bathroom with the wolf eyeballs. Man, for you to Mercury. Eat. That sounds man, like
3: a that sounds like a Clue, like like how you win Clue.
0: Wolf Man Freddie Mercury with the eyeballs in the
3: bathroom. In the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs>